0: All right, here we are for our next session of the Rich Life Projects and uh, i very excited being a Queensland supporter, having uh, the good Robbie O'Davis in the booth. How are you, champion?
1: Mate, I'm great, but you got to understand I was born in New South Wales at the same time. I know that. Okay, we we'll get there later.
0: Shh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, born in 72, but we'll just say, yes, we're born, uh, we're a Queenslander, mate, we're a Queenslander. Yeah, so, definitely. So you were actually born in Currajong, I Curragong, think Dung, it was- yeah. uh outside of Penrith? Outside of Penrith, then you grew up in in Toowoomba. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've got that one sorted first. What has been happening in the life at present, after football? What's What's been the big Robbio's O's uh, uh, well, post rugby league career? What's been doing, my friend?
1: Well, my lead up to rugby league, we we'll sit here for three weeks. <laughs> <with> rugby league.
0: <laughs> would sit here for I'm, I'm saying at present, years. mate,
1: we're going to go back to that. And then after league, mate, I could sit here for two minutes. Honestly. <laughs> I, I, I lost really? That, yeah, lost me way. I Just, it's one of them kids that's taken out of school at a young age and um, taken away to play football and I suppose you can say uneducated, but you learn more, you know, walking you the go. streets than you do out of school. Um, And then, mate, I just, what haven't I done? I've dug holes, I've dug up the whole NBN system, or um, a care worker, I've looked after full disability. I've um, what the bums of full grown men, hey? Um, but you have to do it. I've, I've uh, been there, I've been uh, there. there, so yeah, yeah, you that's your bum, you yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you know, real estate, I've done debt collecting at one stage, that was a good one. So they sent me to get some money off Hollywood Bennett one day. Oh, dear. and uh, yeah, I just come <laughs> back and give 200 bucks to the bloke. To yeah. I ain't trying 200 bucks, yeah, keep trying to bust the bloke. You guys. You got the money off him? I said, yeah, yeah, got the money off him. Mate. I just paid that 200 bucks. I wasn't going to his front door. And I rang Betty and said, uh, hand me five cartons of beer. I said, why? Well, back when they used to be 30 cartons, 30. Yeah, seven. yeah, yeah. And I said, I'll tell you why. And he goes, oh, thanks, B. I paid <laughs> you be <five." laughs> oh, uh, that. Oh, that's That was my first assignment, actually. Really? Um, And then, what else? I just, mate, I'd done a bit of concrete and done a bit of, uh said, mate, what haven't I done? I sl- sold a slush puppy. That was a yeah. gross job. Was it? But being such a fit person. Um, selling, oh, sugar, selling sugar to kids so, <laughs> no. yeah I wasn't a fan of selling sugar to kids <laughs> yeah. um, I remember I remember going to this one school and um, you know the lady said to me you know you, you know how much sugar is in these and I said we, well we do but it's supposed to be less in these ones we give to the school school students and she goes well someone like you and pretty much give me a mouthful shouldn't be promoting this sort of stuff to kids and all that sort of stuff and I got a little bit down I drove out and then all of a sudden I looked up this massive big sign and it was me and it said um, bet easy bet and I was actually promoting Bet Easy, the Betton company. Oh, okay. And I just thought, where do we, <laughs> I'm giving sugar to kids, promoting Betton <laughs> and like, what's going to be our next Winnie, Winnie Red commercial? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, oh, yeah. Wow. I've done a bit of everything, but uh, yeah. about uh, two years ago, um, a mob called Goanna, which is an Aboriginal employment, um, said, let's drive Winnebago's up the coast and get a little bit of Aboriginal employment up through um, Moree, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, mate, went up there and had a bit of a look at the idea. Mate, the brothers, they're happy. They don't, no, they, really. don't, they don't want to be working out. Yeah, they. yeah. they're happy just <laughs> walking the streets. So um, just after the COVID hit, we were supposed to drop yeah. like a Winnebago and set up all yep. this sort of stuff. COVID hit, we couldn't do that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I come back and I said, what, what do you got for you now? And he said, oh, mate, I'm set up with Burrell and as, as a spotter on the big hospital around here yep. or, uh, you know, you can just get in the mud and do a bit of concrete and all that. So I took up a little bit of spotting work and then I was out in the break ball one day and I just thought I'd start – Cementing this break wall, and uh, for the simple fact that there's a couple of things in this town that people just haven't done one, two grand finals is one, <laughs> 100%. 100%
0: so, I, we, thought, I can't wait to be talking about that.
1: Yeah, so I thought, well, imagine how many people in Newcastle would have cemented the break wall. This would be <laughs> so cool. Just tell people it oh, I did that, yeah. and every single day after work, because I only worked, done it for seven days. Yeah, um. I wrote my name in the concrete. Oh, did you? And the next day I come back at some bastard rubbed it out. So oh, the big boss must be following me every single day. <laughs> yeah, Robbie was here, that shit. That was, yeah, yeah, right. Uh. Um And then one day I just, the old Gary Jack was hurting and I looked up and see a pulled up and I said, how do you get that? And he goes, mate, just backfella, just go, I'll give you one straight away. Yeah, really? Yeah, so. 100%. Two seconds later I'm in a in an agitator and I'm driving along with air conditioner and I'm driving along with a radio and if I don't turn that freaking uh, CB on, I'd. Don't Want to talk to every it. but it's, it's pretty funny because the, the concreters, um, they're all the best players you've ever seen, yeah, because yeah. they let you know. As yeah. soon as you get on the job, they say, Mate, you should have seen me back in my day. And if it's not them, it's their best mate, someone best who player know. Ever seen. They, and I always come back with, Oh, yeah, oh, mate, so let's chuck it out. Rick, Ricky Warebone, yeah, Rick, this, i this guy out from Twin because he's one of the best players you've ever seen, you know, okay. and he never went on to be greatest. So, yeah, they go, oh, Ricky Warebone, one of the best players you've ever seen, mate. I said, Oh, really? I said, I've seen some pretty good ones. He goes, No, nah, mate. Ricky Webber pretty bloody good, just to see him play. So, what's Ricky doing these days? Oh, yeah, up in Maureen there, ba. You know, he's big, 120 kilos, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, you know, 15 kids. Oh, it's, but he was the greatest cl- player have ever seen. So oh, yeah, but he just lost his way. He would have been, been great if he didn't lose his way. It would have been great. Uh, did, who, who did he play for, anyone? No, just Maureen, but Gee, he's a good player. But And, and that's all the, all the same grouse stories, nothing to do with nothing. My, like, it and is. And then a lot they of tell you about how good a football player they are or who you're talking to, they talk about how much grog they're going to drink in and <laughs> what they're going to do with the grog. And then Monday morning I pull up on the job and then they are lined up for me to tell them the story. <laughs> like, yeah, here we go. So it's Sit an never ending
0: cycle it's, of stories. Right, they're
1: all pisses Paris at work. You shouldn't give too much away. <laughs> But most of them in their own company, so that doesn't really yeah, matter. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 100%.
1: Yeah, so I just drive around me aging now and I just keep myself happy. And, and the wife, is she's a, um, a sales rep for, for a hair yeah. company. So And I'm
0: you look saying. like you're uh, still keeping fit, mate, buddy training. By the look of your rig?
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't push on the fitness side of things uh, because I knew we'd get, get to that. But <laughs> I have to because um, I figured out, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I'll give it 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. I figured out I was fucking ugly. <laughs> and I thought, well, if I keep from neck down, go on, yeah. no one's going to. And I've never still to this day had anyone walk up and say I'm a good looking bloke, but I've had heaps of people say, fuck, you got a good body. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so well, it worked. Shit, well, I must be doing something wrong, and I'm going to go back. i have got to go back and start doing the body. Right, the head, you have got it right, mate. The head's gone as well. So we go back in the childhood, brother. Let's go back. Obviously, you, you as I said, you uh, grew up in Toowoomba. What was schooling? What was growing up like for Robbie O? Go okay, right before then.
1: So Dad went to Vietnam. Oh, did he? Uh, okay. he's a service oh, yeah, service and. Um, in the Air Air Force, I think he was a gunman in a helicopter. Yeah. Come back, he got pissed as a parrot, fell off the back of a a people mover going on a scout out one day and he busted himself up in hospital and they sent him back to Australia and that was the end of his war. So, wow. um, When he got back, uh, mum was based at Wormtown Air Force. She was a RAFI as well. I went down and I was born, I was supposed to be born on the base, but there was uh, no rooms on the base so they went to the local doctor's house at the base of Carajong Hospital. Uh, Courage uh, Mountain. So the, the hospital was closed. So anyway, oh, fucking closed. You couldn't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the doctor's there. So dad's dropped me off. And back in then days, he couldn't see the, um, the mum getting, the, the birth happen, all that sort of stuff. And mother, mother only allowed in and all that sort of stuff. So she was there by herself, mum, having me. So dad dropped me off. Three days later, he come back. And uh, I was born in seven hours. So three days later, the big fella come back, pisses a parrot. And he's walked, <laughs> he's walked in, he's picked me up. And he looked at my Mar- mum. And uh, he said, what breed is it? According the first, <laughs> on Monday, that's the first thing he said, what breed is it? And uh it's a boy. He goes, oh, Robert Troy. She goes, Robert Troy. Robert's my real name? Robert Troy. She goes, geez, I like it. Robert Troy Davis. She goes, where's their name from? I said, Two Publicans of the Windsor Castle. They pub- served me the last three days. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so they got named after the uh, Publicans of the Windsor, really? Windsor Hotel. Yeah. so Fine. That's the story. <laughs> um So dad was playing for Penrith at the time. he came come back, started playing Penrith. And he played a couple of first grade games and then went and signed for Western Brisbane and got out of the uh, Air Force and moved up to 7SD in Toowoomba, which is Stores Depot, which is just civvies run that for the, the servicemen. And then, yes, he played in the grand final, I think it was 78, 79, 78 in West Brisbane with um, John Rebo, Norm Carr, Bobby Foreman, all them sort of guys. So he won a grand final there and then uh, he moved to Toowoomba and then just had a great career in Toowoomba where he, geez, right to I had a chance to play with him.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was going to say because no, you, you were like 16 when you actually played alongside your homie. Yeah,
1: man. yeah, 15. I hadn't turned 16 yet. So. Um, That's pretty much. I started my schooling in Toowoomba and. Mate, right from the word go, I was I was this kid that would trip someone walking down the middle of the hall, and then as a teacher, go to hit me with a big cane. I'd piss off the other room and be the quickest kid in the. Sofa. Yeah, right. And I knew that's it, where you got your speed from. Yeah, I knew. I, yeah, <laughs> and then played up a fair bit. Yeah, and it got to a point that I actually knew that I was that quick, so I played up more because Dad could never catch me. Yeah. Like, I'd run around and hide up the mango tree, and he'd just keep running around <laughs> the freaking circle until the bats got me. Yeah. So, um yeah, and as it turned out, we've. Uh, Started school and went through about three or four schools in, in Toowoomba and, and sucked myself into the last high school. And who we have at that one? We had um, a girl called Alison Munt, which a professional golfer, oh, and yeah. Nikki Hudson and um, Dan Staines. So we had, oh, wow, we had a that's, few Chris and Channel Heights in Toowoomba. Yeah. And then at the age of 15, so I had a great, great life growing up. So we didn't spend much time at school because yeah. you. Playing so many sports, so I was a state javelin chucker. I was a state long jump. I was a well, yeah. Um, Australian touch captain, playing. yeah, right, I was yeah. A captain, captain, and uh, then rugby league, and just every single thing I did. If I played cricket for some reason, um, you know, I'd be wicket because that was wicket or bowler, and then I'd take the gloves off and go bowl. So I had to do every every single yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Played a grade tennis team. I couldn't it. hit a ball back, but I was in the a grade tennis team because I played football good. Yeah. <laughs> he goes good. and probably bashing people the tennis racket most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, so I, uh, I went through schooling and very successful in sports to a point where, at the age of about ten or eleven, Dad was a captain coach with Toowoomba Newtown Jets, our uh, Newtown Lions, and they had the same outfit as the Jets. Yeah. So just to put in perspective what they look like, the, the, the white and the, uh, the blue.
2: Yeah.
1: And I actually trained because in the countries you can't get the boys at training, so I'd actually train with that side so much that from the age of ten through the age of fifteen, I've been on the wing filling in numbers that Dad just said, "Oh." why don't you just – we're playing a trial match against Brisbane Norse, coached by Tommy Redonage at the time. With oh, Dad's wow, best, the Tommy Yeah, and yeah Dad's man. best mates Tommy. Tommy and Dad in the Air Force together, but Tommy didn't go overseas. Yep. But he'll tell you different. Yeah, he'll, he'll say try, he, he, did. he He fought he the was, war by himself. He'll tell you that he was actually the pilot in the – Oh, he was? Yeah, yeah Dad's the gunman. He was a pilot. Go, remember that day in hockey Hawkeye? Really? <laughs> go, I remember, knew your and you are doing <laughs> – <All right. laughs> Good story, Tommy. And then he takes a big – Nah, fuck it. I was just a gate, gatekeeper back at freaking Richmond <laughs> Air Force Base. Um, yeah, So. Tommy Donnie just brought this side down to play Newtown night trials and yeah. I was playing at the age of fifteen, massive big blow up in Tormoth, having such a young kid playing and the dad really? was getting abused by every bastard. So I played the first half um just on the wing. Yeah. And the second half I went into half back and chipped and chased and carried on like an idiot after that that game. Um, nothing sort of come of it, just a trial. And Newtown went, Oh, get back to your own level. And I said, Oh, I sort of felt pretty comfortable up where oh, I was. Yeah. And um, they said, No, from the, the backlash we got, give back to your own sort of 16s and 17s. And really? so the mob on the other side of Town Valley said, I oh, will take you as a first grader. So, um, and they obviously seen the promotional yes. value to it too, you know. Yeah, just yeah. The player. and I said, well, well, I didn't. Dad said, Take us as, as a As a team, both yeah. of us. So, we went over, wow. And That's Johnny Lang coached Brisbane East in the next trial. He can't bring them down, and the score was five, five three point tries. You know, okay. back then, I was 35 to 5 and I scored the only try and kicked the only goal. And as it turned out, um went out with my dad and, you know, probably 10 minutes in the match right in front of the grandstand at Valleys. He's, uh said, come in here, he's about to tap the ball. And he was 110 kilo front rower, mm. but he was hooker that day. And he said, I want to go hooker because I want to be the one giving Robbie the ball at, at 5 eight. So imagine... How big the other two front <laughs> rows were, because they used to hook for the ball back then. So yeah, they had the whole yeah, him up. So the actual two other front rows are twice the size of him. So wow. Yeah. So anyway, run the field, playing this game. Ten minutes into the match, like, coming, young fella, I'm gonna tap it on this penalty, and I tap it, and he's on the blind side, and they weren't expecting a little know, 68 kilos. It. I'll just pop one field on the blind side and gone, not realising it's freaking Brisbane comp. You know, a little, <laughs> little, little bit smarter <laughs> right in the bush. So anyway, the big fella's tapped it and stood there and put it under his arm. Everyone sort of stopped and looked at him, and then the boys just sprinted and it. And just as they got to him, he ran over and just handed it to me. Oh, and they no know why. hand decked me. <laughs> uh, Welcome to first grade, big fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, yeah. I so score. I looked up, and by the end of the game, this mask got the better of him. There was a, a move called double double, um, where little player comes around me from dummy half, and then you sort of, as you show it to him, do the old camera monster, show it to him, pull it back, and then little. In between oh, us. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, little big fella, but he was he was the runner. Yeah, right. So he's over there sucking the big ones, hands on the hips, <laughs> way the other side of the I seen him double, double big fella, we're five minutes out from the line. So as it turned out, um, he made sprinter there, got himself in position, and just as I mate come around me, big fella sprint through, and as I looked, massive big hole opened up for the big fella, and he just oh. ran straight through. I pulled it back out of his hands and just died over the line. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I feel pretty comfortable here, mate. You know, <laughs> So he pretty much knew straight away that I was was going to be something special probably from that moment playing. And I I just turned 16 at that stage, 15 before the other game. Yep. And then um, Johnny Lang walked over to me after that and said, come to Brisbane. So I went to Brisbane, played 19s for about uh, five or six games, um, clocking up a lead and try scorer down there. Then I'd go play third grade, second grade, first grade. And still the age of 16, 78 kilo. And then – That's incredible. About halfway through the season – Johnny Lane just come and kind of said, "You want to run in the centres, and uh, like I said, always five eight, always halfback, never fullback." net I said, right, i in first grade." So he went out there, and uh, that first game, like, if you bloody Google it, you see it. There's two two tries, man of the match, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And and the numbers they actually put on TV. Warren Boland, when he's interviewing me, said, "Um, eighty eighty kilos, in 180 centimeters, and 17 years of age." I was actually 16. Um, 70 kilos and um, I was 172 kilos, not 180. So I was just a tiny little nothing midget. Wow. And just very lucky to get in the opportunity. And then the next day, I've had every single club in NRL ringing. Really? Wow. And then that's uh, really amazing. the Knights happened to be playing the Broncos on that Sunday with this was on Saturday at Lang Park. Yep. Knights played the Broncos on the Sunday. Um, in walks David Waite and says, You want to come back to the team, meet them, all that sort of stuff? Yep. Oh, yeah. So that'll be on the piss. Oh, the stage they are out and going. I, I never met none of them. I'm, I'm in this too. I one bloke walked in pissed at the party. His name's Glenn Miller. Yeah. And they said, "Oh," and I went, "Oh, it's a bloody winger. He's shit little size, big bastard." And they said, "Oh, I, I was just telling your family in here about how you're going to go down, and this guy, he's you know, a first grade player, is going to take you on his wing and all that sort of stuff." Yeah, this, this is him, Glenn Miller. <laughs> 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 Mum said, "You're not going." And Dad just gave me a high and said, "Get down there, son. Get going, mate." Wow, well, yeah, really? And, yeah. and that's how I went. I went the age of I the End of the year, yep. um, turned 17, went to Newcastle, and then it was 18 before I played first grade. So a yeah, right, uh, year so. of education down here through the junior ranks, and won the Jersey, Jersey flag grand,
0: grand final. Jersey flag so. grand yeah. final. And then basically from, what, no, 92 was it? I think yeah, was it I mean, 92 you kicked off 91. in the Knights?
1: Yeah, I come down 91. So I played that one year 91.
0: Yep, and then and 92 was your sort of NRL first yeah, grade.
1: I'd actually played a couple of trials um, at this. I think I played, a couple of at the end of '91, a couple of times at the start of '92. Yeah, um, and they were trying to get Auckland Warriors into the comp. Oh, okay. and the, at that time, yeah, the, yeah. The teams that had the most, um, you know, New Zealanders, they were taking over. So they took us East. We played over there, City yeah. City, um, Manly, and we go there because we had, like, they had, ten Kiwis in our side. The Tony Kemp's and the Johnny Shoot, oh Johnny shoots almost a Kiwi, yeah. um, Sam Stewart's so We had all them. So. Uh, I think Manly, they were all full of them too. So we go over there and we just sort of play them in big matches. I was sort of playing in them sort of thing, pre season yeah. matches. Yep. And then uh, went back and played a little bit of under 21s. And as I was playing under 21s, I got chosen in the yeah. New South Wales under 19 side. So that was a bit of a pisser. So yeah, I yeah. I still got that blue jersey I'd use in yeah. the toilet every now and then. <laughs> <five minutes laughs> I the house. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wore that bloody blue jersey, played a little bit of um, 21s, yep. went up and we part of a side. That One eight in a row with the Newcastle Knights Reserve Group, yeah, and that was uh Wayne Richards, Adam Muir, you know, Chimpy Johns, which is a little fat hooker at the time, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie Johns, um, yeah, Jamie Corcoran, Jamie go like just all these players they're just coming into the club, and uh, yeah, we're eight in a row, and then they just said one day, Johnny Schuster, uh, Ashley Gordon's kicked the ground and, and Tory's uh, quad, yeah, I didn't even know he had a fucking quad, yeah, anyway, yeah. He, yeah, he had, I think oh, he was, yeah. I think he might have Tory's half, but yeah, it was in his quad because it, it looked the same. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, Adrian Brunk has gone away at the origin site. We need yeah. you in first grade. Yeah. And I was doing diesel mechanics at the uh, the Curry TAFE.
0: Okay.
1: And I turned to the um, – well, first of all, I thought it was Matty Johns having to piss around as he did back then. He's done it all his freaking life, even before he played first grade. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was having piss take. So I turned to the old TAFE teacher after I realised it was David Waite Give me a call saying, if you don't be hit by two o'clock, you're sort of going to pick someone else. So I walked in this t- teacher and I said, mate, I've got to tell you something. I've been doing this diesel mechanics for six months. I don't even know where to put the fucking oil. <laughs> I said, there's good sort up the back of the class. I've just been perving on her for six months. So <laughs> I, I don't know. So I've just got chosen in first grade and I'll never work again doing these ones walking down <laughs> yeah, there, or right. cheering me as I'm um, – <laughs> and that, that car trip from Curry, TAFE to that training assistant, that was the most important car trip because that's the one that made me realize I was going to be a rugby re- league first Wow, well, yeah, fuck that. Because I've just given away apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I That's- should have kept that because uh, I need it now. But I will give it away, and I went, "No, nah, this is it. I'm not going to go back." Yeah. And sure enough, I kept Ashley out of taking his spot back. And yeah, uh, by the time the semi-finals come, I think I got the man of the match in the first semi-final in '92 yep. uh, against West, and that just cemented me in first grade forever. I think, and yeah. I knocked Gary Freeman out in my first game, um, and, and that, that was a bloody story in itself. You know, yeah. I got out there and yeah, five minutes of the match, Matty Rodwell kicks over. I do talk a lot. Matty Rodwell kicks hey. of the corner and so my me, me hand went out over the sideline and I'd scoop this ball in and put it inside but the whole time run on the sideline and they almost washed it out. But the excitement of that crowd, the, the lift of that crowd, the, back then they, they had 30,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yep. 30,000 people just screaming as I'm running down the sideline with that hand out and just went left and oh. just inside the corner post. So everything was wrong about it. Hit the corner post. Yeah. which you can do whatever you doing. Yeah. About. Run on the sideline, just balls the whole fucking thing up. But thing is that I heard that. That cheer. I like heard cheer, that the rule, and I wanted it. I wanted it again. And I'm running around. I had this hogan freaking center called Tony Kemp, also international. So I'm not going to argue with him. Yeah, wouldn't pass me. Wouldn't pass him. Like, Jesus Christ, he's a show and go man. Yeah, mate, like, go the way he ran. Why, why would you fucking pass it? Uh-huh. So sat there, and I'm going, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I am looking around, and second half, I run out, and made two really quick tackles, and headed towards the uh, fifth tackle. And then, as I looked up, my whole life in rugby league just flashed right between my eyes, I, I just flicked over and. See these great players that run away, and hopefully I was one of them. Yeah. They make the decision to split the second. Yeah. Flicking And they always come up with the right decision. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The instinctive brain kicks Lockyer. in. Lockyer. He's yeah, one of the names. Crazy. So this instinctive fucking brain of mine kicked in, and I went, this is going to lock me in forever. And I hate the bloke anyway. So <laughs> they passed the ball to him, and I ran out. And as he kicked the ball, I just cocked my elbow. And like I said, 70 killers ring, 72 killers ring. and went playing first, grabbed my first game in Sydney. And I just got this guy, and he's on the ground. And been put on report. Yeah, and uh, his name is Gary Freeman. And after the game, David White said, well, "You're a pretty brave little bastard, aren't you?" So he said, just knocked out <laughs> the fucking Kiwi captain." I said, <laughs> I, said I, I, "I hate the bloke." He said, yeah. "You want to play first grade again next week?" I, Serious? I said, yeah, we'll give you another shot again next week. So wow. And next week was down at Bloody Cogra, and um, Brad Godden injured himself five minutes before the match in the warm up. They put me back at fullback, and I run length of field, scored a try, and. Ah. Uh, Way you guys you're playing fullback now God oh you get on the week <laughs>
0: Mate, was, go, go on, going back to that time when you, when you were in your fullback obviously Newcastle night you are one you, you've done your whole career at Newcastle mm. and you are one of the greats when it comes to recognition and whether people know it or not through the generations but your name will always be edged on Newcastle nights and and going through that that feeling of obvious as you said with the crowd roaring like a drug mm you wanted to keep going and going and going. With the, <clears throat> obviously the size was always, everyone would go, you're a little fella, but as you said, the coach goes, you're a fucking brave little fella.
2: Mm.
0: What What was that feeling there? Because you would have been still only young. And then he goes, you want to play first grade again next week. Mm. What's What's that do to you? Like your mindset, then you're like, fuck, uh, you know, pumped up. You know what the crowd's like.
1: Well, you're scared to compete with the big boys. And I'm a little man in a big men's game. And I always say that. Um, yeah. To achieve what I've done a little, it's a little man in a big men's game. It's, um.
0: It is. A it's outstanding. It's
1: crazy, but adrenaline warms you up. Yeah. And you can do anything with adrenaline. Yeah, true. Folks in the pub walk up and said, oh, I've fucking seen t- TVs bigger than you and all this sort of <laughs> shit. And, or you look you look bigger on TV. And so I've never seen a fucking TV bigger than me. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, as it turns out, uh da- Dad's at a young age. I went to, I want to play your sport, and I was playing soccer. And I come home from school one day and had my mate's headgear on, mate's shoulder pads on. And I said, Dad, I want to play your sport. And he said, I still remember like yesterday. And I can't remember too much. But yeah. <laughs> he goes, you take all that shit off your body, I'll let you play your football. I went, oh, I thought you to wear it, you know, let you play. He goes, if you're wearing uh, protection, it shows you're scared. Never protect yourself from a contact sport. He said, because you're showing a weakness. Take the shit off and let you play. It. So that's right. running me head. My whole life really? it made, me, made me a brave person, which yep. and a backbone. I was going to say now they're all about the yeah. all the
0: all the head. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: So it's backfired on me, Rich. It's because that, My head is one of them ones they're probably testing a fair bit. <laughs> um, so beca- because I was so brave and um I was so tiny, I didn't really feel part of that team because there was such big humans. You know, you had yeah. the big chief and you had the sergeant and you had these guys. I looked at the other wing of Glennie Miller and. Even Adrian was a big, tall kid. Because you're,
0: you're in a team that with some fucking huge names. Well,
1: the, and huge names and huge statues And too. Statues. So they're, they're just big, big boys. And me being such a little, I always thought, these guys just looking at laughing, what, what this guy doing? So I had to prove to myself that I was there to stay. Yeah. Um, and um, what they want me to do is tackle people. And what they want me to do is catch the fucking ball because boys don't want to catch the ball. Nah. And I didn't ball up So I used to sit there hours and hours and hours after training. I wouldn't go home until I catch 10 balls straight. Yeah, some days okay. I get it in one minute. Some days I get it in five hours. So yeah, really. Try to ask Joey John to kick your fucking balls for five hours. Ain't going to happen. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Enter Kenny Kick Chase. That's why he come to the club. Then they, Kenny Kick Chase, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's why he come. He just sit there and kick the balls to for me. forever. <laughs> he oh, would never wow. go on. Anyway, as it turned out, um, I took on board my my powerful source of things I could use to make the team respect me as a player. Yeah. Um, bravery was one of the big things. I went and won all the strength com- competitions. So I made sure that I was strongest pound for pound in the club. So yeah, well, yeah, I was bench pressing my own body weight 30 times and chin up and bloody 30 times and I think uh, 50 pull-ups and just, just ridiculous yeah, numbers. Yeah. Just make sure that they knew I was ready to compete Yeah, and then just did stuff that you had to do as a fullback. Um, first of all, I had to do things that they wanted me to do as a, as a, a winger or a player and that yeah. was to score tries and stop people from sc- jumping over me. I think fifth or sixth game, I played Auckland Warriors and fucking John Kerwin was marking me. John Kerwin's the other wing of the Jonah Loma. Oh, so yeah. No yeah, one knows right. John Kerwin because fucking John Loma yeah, was on was too like, massive. Yeah, this other bloke, he's got fucking movies big. written about him, like running on instinct. John Kerwin scoring a length of triple oh, twice. Yeah, exactly right. the same statue as him. Yeah, right. So I remember just coming off that field one day and just going, mate, you know, John Kerwin, what bigger number can you have than John Kerwin? And um, went to the park in the bar in Auckland and walked over a and, and little. Red coast. and went when and said, John, can you sign this for me, please, mate? And he's looked at me. He goes, Yeah, no worries. And grabbed one and said, Can you sign this? Well, <laughs> what do we want to sign that for? He said, You're the one that scored three tries around me today. Oh, really? Went, it's not your game, brother. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, so I have learned pretty, pretty quickly that the size wasn't wasn't a big factor. It was no. just the bravery. And yep. yeah, being such a brave person, like I said, it backfired me in the end because you know, when you sit there and finish from the game, you've got to live the rest of your life. And if you're living your the rest of your life with brain injury, it's a pretty bad thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because you can't re-educate. That's, the biggest thing is you can't re-educate. And yes. Then you have the other thing where you can't understand why you can't re-educate because you're looking at words and you're reading words and you're going, why do I have to go up and start that freaking sentence again? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. So Brave is a good thing. It get yep. me through and be that so-called name that everyone wants to say in Newcastle, the player that everyone wants to play with, but I didn't yep. want to be. I, I In the end, I found out I want to be the person that everyone wants to be, not the player that everyone wants to play with because that yep. person – He's a pretty good person.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, well said. Well said. And and as I say, like even me, sort of watching from outside and the nights and your know, obviously the Queensland mate. There was you know, you you when you watched you play. You were basically the same size as any other fucking player on that field. <laughs> honestly, honestly, when you're watching it on the TV, you're watching the State of Origin because they're the only three games I watch these days yeah, in really. in life because I think <laughs> yeah. when – I just get so amped up for Queensland. I don't know why. I'm just like, fucking, punk, come on, Queensland, <laughs> fuck. That. But it's – when when I used to watch you play and some of, the, some of the hits you used to do but some of the ball playing and the breaks and the tries that you used to score – Honestly, it was like you were actually the same size as what these other big big boys were and that's probably why people were saying, you're not as fucking big yeah. as on TV <laughs> because that's people's perception. When you're doing as much as anyone else on that field and, and whether it's Newcastle, whether it's Australia, whether it's its State of Origin, mm. like you, you've got to be at the fucking top of the game to be one in the NRL, Mm, never sure. never alone queensland yeah. never alone australia so that's what i think people understand when obviously the younger ones coming through th- today and they look back at you guys who are who I class classes some of the greats in rugby league you know somehow i don't i don't know it's it's a bit different today but probably because i'm getting older too but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a different look that I'm looking at don't the state of origin still as quick, still as yeah. hard as ever, yeah. if not probably harder and quicker than probably what it used to be. But it still, it was would have been still quick back back in your day too, wouldn't it? What what was the crowd getting? Because I get all amped up about the queens there but when you when you're running on Lang Park back in the day. Oh, stop it! No, like they're, they're sitting right on you.
1: you, you, you if that sitting big on cage you, cage fence wasn't there. Yeah, was like you played in the prisoners. The movies that friggin' Den DeVito and that went they actually played in cage. Cage prisons. Yeah. And all the guys out in the middle. That, that was like, it's like a big cage prison. You got out there and it didn't stop the beer cans coming over. No. Wally that time did it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm not giving too much away, but yeah. you sit on there. I come there at the age of 14. I'm just going, oh, look at this lane park. This is incredible. I'm sitting up on the, on the, uh, the wet hill and the whole thing was a wet hill, but it's yeah. a wet hill and the big big joint come <laughs> About <laughs> this big, something just rolled a big joint and was coming around and <laughs> I'm a 14 year old kid and I said I oh, don't even know what to do with this freaking <laughs> thing and pass it on. But two <laughs> seconds later, I wasn't watching the freaking Bachelor. <laughs> I didn't see shit. Yeah, Last time I ever smoked marijuana. Really? <laughs> just, just a, sk- sk- in yeah, a yeah, big, that atmosphere skimmy, to yeah, big like, park. Two right. seconds later, they're pumping pump their cans in some New South Wales, like running across the freaking, in the can, by me. Yeah, man, yeah, the old yeah. can yeah, yeah. pump anyone in New South Wales jersey. It was that bloody good. But that crowd there yeah, always comes second to the one down here. Yeah. Because oh. the one down here were for you. Um, the one up there were for every Queensland player, every single player, every player, every guy that went on that boat of grass. And they're very spasmatic. So yep. they they cheer on moments, they wouldn't cheer for no yep. reason. Yeah. These guys would just cheer for no reason. Yeah. And when yeah, they yeah. saw that Newcastle chant years ago, yep. they fucking meant it. Yeah. Now they do it because yeah. the boys are playing that bad and they just try to get something <laughs> going. But and they would lift us to another thing. But um to earn to earn the respect of the crowd was another big thing too, you know. Yeah, really. So I enjoy the game. Yeah. And I'm very blessed to be able to play the game. And I always understood that and I knew that who paid me wage. I knew them people on the hill paid me wage. Yeah, yeah, too. And I would go to the kickoff and as I walk back, the night's grannies would be sitting there and I'd just lean on the fence and have a chat with the Night's Grannies. And I was trying to be that, that different player. I, would, I think I spent Maddie Johns calls the last ever victory up. I mean, last ever game I ever played, I was out there for two and a half hours. Yeah. Split eye. By the time I come in, Pete McGee, the doctor, was pissed as the parrot, he couldn't couldn't stitch me. And I said, I'm not going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um Saturday night to get stitches. No way in the world. Oh, yeah. You stitch me, Pete. So I think my dad and him held he- each other's hands, put the freaking needles in the- <laughs> and then the stitches. The best job you've ever seen. It's not even a scar. there. Mate, I was going like, to say, they're I just know, like wrinkles now, like mine. Mine are just wrinkles. Yeah, so I, I, I tried to just embrace everything. Connect every single, with the people? Tried to loved to. I yeah. just love to spend every single time. And um, when I was having a bad period of life, and this was the most powerful thing I've ever done, Yeah, bad part of my life, I went and visited the John Hunter Hospital. I went and visited some hospitals down in Sydney, sent there, by the nights. I wouldn't go there on my own. Yeah. sent there by the nights. Yeah. get sent, told what to do and all that sort of stuff. So I just, something happened. I had a bad day or something like this, about 1995. And um, something went through my head that I just might go to the children's ward of John Hunter Hospital and just mention my name and say, can I just visit a few kids? Yeah. So anyways, I think I might have done it halfway through the year or something. So I went in and my name got me in to see every single kid. kid. It didn't matter how really? sick, who they were, whether they, they Go in the rooms. I was putting the gloves on and the mask on where you couldn't go in. Yeah, go yeah, yeah. And I just went seeing every, and the look on the kids' faces become contagious for me. So um, the same way the people in the crowd were sort of looking at me. Yeah. With them like ah, oh, you, I always want to be that person. Yeah, like, you made them oh, feel? Yeah, like I, I was walking in and feeling every single one of these kids. So not literally, but just feeling yeah. there. And um, next week I'd done it again. And next week so within you know, six months I'd become the patron of McDonald House and really. Um, yeah, they reckon sort this day I haven't been seen. I, uh, there's a big patron boards in there on Donald House in Newcastle and they reckon I'm the only name that ever got put really? on that board. Wow. So, yeah, i will just go visit these kids to a point where on my, uh, when we got my nose bashed up in 2003, so I'd been visiting kids for seven, eight years at that stage. Yeah. Um, the kids actually finally come down to my room in, in the hospital. Oh, really? They all yeah? visited me in their wheelchairs oh, and stuff. Oh, that's but mad. Unfortunately, there was, um, a lot of the same kids that i seen at the age of two, three, four, and they were now five, six, love it, seven, eight, nine, 10. They were growing up wow. I and mean, still getting sort of cancer, still had yeah. the same problems. And then on my testimonial dinner, I had the workers' club. They brought every single kid from the John Arnold Hospital over to the workers' club and rolled around on stage. And yeah, that was wow. – then you, you sort of knew you, you, won the, you won the crowd and you won, you won – you've done every every single thing. And every, I say all the time, the things that I got out of the game, um, you know, satisfying things like scoring things and getting yeah. the medals and trophies It's nothing as important as you know. It's kind of seeing them kids and 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 loving you. So
0: yeah, yeah. That's and that's a special thing because not only are you giving to them and you see how happy they are to be connected to you, but you get you get that back tenfold as well.
1: Oh, straight up, you know,
0: straight up. Because you're feeling the spirit of them, and it's and it's being known as the you know a, a player because a lot of players. You know, they might they might just go in the middle these days and do the old fucking clap and then they don't they don't connect with the, the fans so, but as are, are much. they are doing that
1: because they've been told to make sure make sure you thank the fans? Because I remember right at the start, they, we, make sure you thank the fans, guys, because, yeah. you know, you've got to win them. And that's at the start of the club, not that's right. when it's been there for 30 years. Yeah. So they're getting told, like, boys, go back home. Yeah. Because they're too busy farting around with someone from the other team. Yeah, yeah, that's I'd right. But you'd punch in the head before you shake your hand. Yeah, and, yeah. And these guys are sitting talking about their wives and kids and all. I don't get that side of it. No. And all the old boys don't. And the supporters that pay big money, they hate it. Yeah. So we we don't get it, but they, they hate it. Yeah. So that's gotta stop. Just walk off, go um celebrate or commiserate with your team. Don't yeah. celebrate or commiserate over a handshake and a bloody
0: yeah a bloody. There was always a bit of um media about that.
1: They haven't pushed it hard enough. Yeah. I, I reckon they should really push that because the fans just absolutely hate hate that they do that. Yeah, um, but it's it's it like, it's it like the
0: like. the vision that the fans get is like, oh they they lost again, but you know it seems like they're happy just to lose and just shake yeah, their yeah. hand it and just go way. off instead of going yeah. fuck we should I have, have they'd done, they'd done better. And yeah,
1: pay them win loss bonus. See how freaking Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> time,
0: times will change. Then.
1: <laughs> oh mate, this is uh the way it went really quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's uh yourself, Steve, former. Jamie Ainscoe were, and Neville Allen, uh, Neville Allen runs showing there, the groundsman. And we just finished playing this day. We played St. George. And they put 31,000 people in the stadium, overcrowded, and put another big um, TV out in the, the bloody car park to accommodate the other 5,000 people that couldn't get in. Oh, really? So 5,000 people in the car park watching this big screen. Massive big game. So after the game finished, and this is reality, we went in the grandstand in the dressing room and, and we won the game. And only one comes over to the three of us and says, oh, boys, you can go out there and pick up the papers now and clean the hill and, you can know, have a big night on the piss and sleep in, or you have to get up 7 o'clock in the morning and clean the hill. So what do you want to do? So we all looked at each other and said, well, we might as well clean the hill now. So everyone left. Yeah. We walked out of the dressing room after a game against, yeah, yeah first grade game against St. George, we went out with papers and filling up bloody things, but clean the hill up and went <laughs> and go on the piss. So that, that's just reality, mate. You have yeah. to go work, work for a living. These days they get paid win-loss or draw. I think it was twelve hundred a win, eight hundred a draw, and zip for a loss. Really? Yeah, you used to get some contracts that zip. I had a zip for a loss. Did you? So that's what I fucking played hard. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> mate.
0: When way. you when you because yeah, even you'd think well, people looking at that NRL as soon as, as soon as you made the NRL, they're like, fuck, he's on, he must be on yeah. hundreds of thousands. But it's
1: the first three years was um, seven and a half. Fifteen and twenty-one. Let me first three-year up contracts with like win-loss bonuses. Really? <laughs> wow! Yeah. And then was, you look yeah.
0: look at it now. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking seven hundred thousand, a million mm-hmm. dollars. Isn't it? It it? It is mind-boggling when you get to that stage, and and they do less for that in some in <laughs> some re- in respects. But
1: I love Kmart. I'd if I had a one point four million dollar contract, I'd be smashing Kmart. My, <laughs> my whole
0: my whole house would be just Kmart. <laughs>
1: I can imagine how many players came out. There's a They shoes, aren't you know. all our sponsors either. I'll have to give them a ring and
0: see if we can uh, get them on the sponsorship. See, uh, uh, let's get. Let's go back to the '97 Grand Final. One hell of a year. Ta- take me through your your eyes in regards to in the '97 Grand Final because you've had you got all the best players.
1: Yeah, Mel, Del- Mel really done his homework. Yeah. he come to young, hungry hungry kids. And he come over here not to so much coach us that much. he come over to direct us. Yeah. Sort of like Wayne Bennett's the best manager of players on off the field. So he doesn't – sits there and just enjoys the game, his arms crossed like this, Wayne, because he's a manager. So this guy's more of a director. He'd direct you to get on the field yep. perfectly and then direct you around the park a bit. Still talk a fair bit. But he just knew there was young, hungry, hungry kids and he just – would only speak to Matt and Andrew and Chief pretty much. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they just run the show, yeah. Chief because of his… His you know, grit. Yeah, just how big and aggressive but he was. But he, he's probably seen in the team as a leader yeah, as definitely, well. Yeah, definitely. You had – the two Jones boys were in the peak of their powers. They they were just chucking 30 meter past left, right. And then, then all these young kids coming like the Owen Craig's and the Darren Alberts. And then you had 26-year-old Billy Peden that thought his career was finished but he's coming – and he just come from – tough kid from – a at Cessnock, Yeah. guy that's supposed to be a mechanic and he drove all the way to Sydney one day and a guy called, someone called Daniel Smiles, I don't remember Smilesy. I'm um, As we we're driving, this is how good a mechanic he was. Yeah. He was going, do, 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 do. Oh, shit, I've done the diff, so they pulled over the side of the road and they're going 20 kilometres an hour, come back down the freeway and the, and the noise is going, do, do, do. oh, fuck, pull over again, Billy. So they're going over and as they're going over, the tw- 20 kilometres an hour all the way to Sydney on the side of the road, <laughs> gone into City and the... Oh, the was not working. It's not happening. Oh, let's go. So they flew into the city and had the big on the piss and driving home the next day. And they're going along like, jeez, I can't believe the car's fixed they're going like, do, do, oh, shit. There's that noise again. Pull out the side of the road. The He goes, driving them things on the side of the road. You've been driving on them fucking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Billy was actually a mechanic at that stage. He thought he'd done it. So, so he was, yeah, destined to be a rugby league player. Oh, Billy. I was going to say. Um, he's yeah, a, he's so a champion, he comes And just – Mate, these guys like uh, I know McDougall come later, but the '97 um, with Darren Albert Fine with, with, with at one with stage, that, and I I know
0: you would have been. Was it was everyone fucking in that that team at that time thinking, fuck, let's just try and come up with something where it looks like we're going to lose.
1: Well, no, it, as, what was as the attitude? As, as like, far as, was, as Leo Denimer, he brought this um, Leo Denimer's that little Aboriginal kid that come down, and he he I put. Mean, him for Sherberg, yeah, and he made he put us all back together. He when Joe we lost Joe, Joey in the tr- first trial yep. and he was out for the year. And uh Treasure Media out sort of thing. And um he held us there for the whole year. So we, we formed a little black line. So all these, you know, Jason Moody, Brett Grogan, um, Owen Craigie, myself, the Dennis. so had all these little black fellows in the back line and they were calling us the black line, can't do it no more, you get in trouble. Yeah. But they're calling us a black line and somehow Matty John saw he black too, so he jumped in there and, <laughs> and like an LB on the wing, he's the whitest black man. So <laughs> we found this little black one, so just tore the comp apart and we are just doing whatever, and it was literally like Aboriginal but, knockout. We are doing whatever we want. And that's how it's And fine. the guys up the front were belting people. Adam Muir was absolutely belting people. Mark Glenn were running over the top of people butts, and butts. He was just, they were just angry human beings. Yeah. And uh, we, Billy started playing a bit of hooker and then they brought Lee Jackson to the club and then Lee Jackson, you know, was an international hooker. So yeah, yeah, he was. He had a really, really good and mate a guy called um Troy Fletcher and yes. Scotty connolly they were born. Right? Yeah. where these guys come from? Troy Fletcher in the Grand the best player by a long way. He just So guys of like this were just coming through and they were just lifting the level of the guys that were on the field and and we went right through and when you play for a team and when you play for a town, you're not gonna fucking lose no, <laughs> no, no, gonna that town. Simple as that. We left with a hundred thousand people cheering us down the road. We went along the main freeway and like rock stars, people, girls hanging their tits out, and by the time I got their number, the fucking bus had gone past. So it was just like you couldn't couldn't come back to a, to a losing losing game. So. But
0: that, but that's yeah. You could you could even see that through media back in the day, like. But that that try, I mean, fuck. When he Al- when Albert went through that, like the the Joey Johnson pass, and then Albert, fuck, mm-hmm. everyone went must have the feeling. I don't know, no one can I describe it. The
1: time it. back then was you'd play for the whole, whole lot. You yeah, that's right. Play for, you didn't play for a golden point. No, no, so that's was, right. So to this day, we were flying down the field that quickly at yeah. that stage in the game that when extra point, we would have, golden um, yeah, yeah. minutes, or whatever, we would have won the thing by 20. Yeah. So we were just flying. We were just getting down there pretty easy and all that sort of stuff. And the boys stopped and opted to take the kicks instead of just keep, we probably would have scored. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joey does what he wants and he went down the sideline and any other person other than Darren wouldn't have got there because he's oh. the quickest bloke on earth. <laughs> he was he, <laughs> was.
0: he was Fuck, he got Ran through and there. Went.
1: And um, I, I'm happy for him. I've yeah. got a c- couple other tries to sort of get me through the, the match and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But I was happy for Alby because he's my best, mate. Was he? Yeah, yeah, okay. I was sort of like thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to ride here, but the little mate at the wing is – I'm not sort of not getting involved and all that sort of stuff. But when he won the big one, oh, fuck, when he won that, yeah, that we, we the... hadn't had sex till then. So <laughs> yeah, so he hadn't stopped rooting. Really. So, no, he's married. <laughs> I'm done. <David. laughs> um, yeah, so he he done well and he played the played the cards really
0: well. He, and then, yeah. and then then as you say, like that that's for a small town, so to speak, a, a small city, Newcastle, who's passionate about their rugby league. Everyone thought, fuck, the game's over. Manly's got this one. The Knights come second again. And you win the game, as you say. Driving down the highway, mm. coming back into the Newcastle City. What, what's what's? I know it would have been fucking much of a blur for you guys, but what's what's that like? Because you had the full city, fuck, Some of the photos that go back in history, mm. some of the thousands upon thousands in that in the main main part of Newcastle with you guys up on the you mm. know the I think yeah, it was the I, hall the. The main hall of town. Yeah, it
1: was the night before. We we're up on the uh, the workers' club. That's right. Calcity, yeah. And then up on the hall. But just to just go right back through the game, yeah. just, just quickly and say no. what what led us to that part. And the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes of Chief display. Mate, he hit Jeff Tuvi around the neck, held him, was banging him on the ground and punching Chief in the uh, su- <laughs> spud in the head at the same time. Like he was just he was just out of control <laughs> and turned everyone into a freaking madman. So yeah, right. Before the game. Chief made a speech um, the night before the game, which very emotional speech and sort of broke everyone down and everyone said they're emotional, why they want to win this and all this sort of stuff. And uh, then just before the game kicked off, Chief started telling the same speech, but the boys had this that much nervous tension. They didn't They didn't want that speech. They wanted, I'm going to knock someone's he- fucking head off speech. Yeah. And Chief started saying, we've got to win this, bring it back to Newcastle for the earthquake. <clears throat> no, no, we didn't want that one. <laughs> <laughs> we had that one last yeah, night. Yeah, so many John's as clever as he is as we are all standing around. He's, uh, come out of the, the tight circle and he's gone. He goes, speak cheap. Just see him up the guts. Boys, boys, listen. George Clooney. Boys, what? And he goes, let's just all be gorgeous like George Clooney, eh? Like, hands in the middle. One, two, three, nights. And Anyway, <laughs> like, like I said, he's, he's that clever and it was back then that he, it just took everyone's attention away because we all laughed at how funny that was. <laughs> it took everyone's attention. So that's the last thing that was said to it before we were on the field was fucking, let's be gorgeous like George Clooney. That was really Wow. Uh, yeah, and went out there and I reckon that
0: hasn't been heard ever.
1: Mate, and then um, half time to top that off, we were out there and um, i so, so my, my try on Terry Hill, that yep. was, I'd watched him get kicked in the ribs a week before and I knew he'd carrying something. I just sort of dreamt the night before, if I go, I'll go Terry's right hand side. So I called the ball five minutes out from the scrum and that's, Jones boy's just saying, give it to you five minutes out for the scrum. It's nah. their ball. Yeah. So, and Matty sort of looked at me and I, <laughs> oh, fuck, so I put my head down. I was opposite Terry. and I went, fuck, like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to dummy and dig straight into his fucking rib cage and see how it's going. So, it just Zack like a dream. So, anyway, Matt's just give straight to me. Oh, shit. So, as I went across, I see Noe come. And as I dummy Noe, I just dummy to bury into his ribs and – he wasn't there no more. I just ran away and scored. So wow, that was the punch that we needed. That was, you know, the boys were hitting hard, but yep. we needed points on the we board. We needed points, yes. So when we got them points on the board, we just got this you know, kick up the arse and away we went. And um I think Troy Fletcher made that massive big break that yeah. led to me second try under the sticks. And then Albie obviously finished it off. As we're driving back, the, the crowd started forming from, oh, along the highway from entrance from, really? you know. And then we had millions of cars just leading us into town. As he pulled up, there was a big roundabout at Wall's End. Yeah. And we went around the roundabout, and Mel really, okay, we're going to stay on the, the bus, lads. We're going to stay on the bus. No getting off the bus, lads. And they just stopped in the middle of the road. Nor getting, and we're just waving. Everyone said, so the two fucking Johns boys just ran out and hit the thing, and they just dived out. On oh. And they're carrying them, and they've sat them on top, top of two police cars, and they're just doing this stupid <laughs> freaking dance they do. So anyway, no one else got out, and they were all trying to get on the bus, so we moved them back on the bus, and then we moved back into town. As we went into town, uh, he said, oh, let go. We leave at we'll Castle Stadium. Everyone just happy in their track Yet Yeah, we're going to go into the workers' club. So as we were in the workers' club, mate, right, from the start of the city, it was just like millions and millions of people, millions of drunk people and happy, not yeah, happy, yeah. fighting drunk, Yeah, not happy drunk. Yeah, just
0: celebrating. So by them. the time we get to the
1: workers' club, we're led in by this fucking horse and how the freaking someone didn't hit it on the arse or you no know, pig root or anything. <laughs> it, was the, it was the horse that used to lead the horses out on the racetrack. And yeah, so so Rusty rode that all. Went, yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> so he let us down. No one touched the horse. He's just that well behaved. And two seconds later, we had people on top of the bus. And then <clears throat> I think I walked out first. And then uh, I got like a hand raped by every single <laughs> bastard. And then I think Joey. F- then they went trophy, And, mate. Was just got up on the balcony and they actually said sorry. So they actually said about um, chief on the balcony, mate. You can't hold that. 100-kilo trophy off the of the balcony shake it like this. You drop it, someone's going to die. You're going to die, yeah. And then the bouncer come and just jumped in the back of him. Didn't realise that wasn't the real trophy. Only, we got the 10-kilo trophy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've, uh, we've, we've
0: partied hard and
1: then the next day- How,
0: how, how long did the party go for? But?
1: Well, went to about fr- Friday I drove to Byron Bay, just had enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, on the- Tuesday morning, we, we've done our mad Monday Monday, just leave us alone. Yep. No ticket tape. Tuesday we've done the ticket tape parade, hence the uh, big screaming Jets concert. And um, going up on the on the balcony, on the city hall. Yep. You know, literally, literally those I've seen photos of them. they were they, they, so 100,000 people. Oh. but I don't have There's a fucking lot. Of,
0: Bro, I, a lot I, of I reckon 100% percent there be fucking 100,000. easy. Yeah, You I mean, just I mean, couldn't see any of the ground, anything. I think everyone done his stupid
1: dance at one stage. So every time you go to a nightclub, Nutbush would come on and I'd do my dance. So Nutbush was out the arse and doing this stupid fucking like arm rolling dance. <laughs> the, the jig of joy it was. So I, I watched The Last Boy Scout the week before. Yeah. And Bruce Willis tells everyone up the, and he does this jig of joy along the yeah. thing So I'd done it the week earlier and uh, they wrote about it in the paper, will he do it again? So when I seen big dudes running towards you, I'd done the dance and you know, I rounded off and I said, give me a man shake, big fella. It's game time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Another sponsor only, for you? No, <laughs> hey, <old> man shake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck.
0: I think he, well, he still owns a little bit of it, but. He did get uh, yeah, good luck some, to the boys. some good, good luck to uh, some good money for that. So ninety seven is the first really experience of a grand final for you. Yep. and then two thousand and one premiership. Were you in yep. obviously playing that? Yep. What what was the difference in that premiership to the obviously you've already run one ninety seven? Mm-hmm. Was it still the same feeling, the same motivation oh, in two thousand one?
1: Geez, yeah. Um, we're playing the full comp then. Yes, so yes. The the one. Thing they all doubt us. We always ninety seven because Super stuff. League was they in were, involved they were. and fucking everything and up. And that's that's the only single thing that I think the NRL and ARLs stuffed up in the whole thing. They should have played them two teams. Yeah, okay. they should have played them like a World Cup Challenge. We should have played the Bronx. See who was the best team. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. We wanted to. We we're all co- contacting each other. Like, yeah, hey, you want lucky? You want to play and all that sort of shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. we wanted to play. Um, two thousand one there's a. Argument on who's the best side, you mm. know, 97 or 2001 yeah. for us because there's some good players and great players. Five played in both. Um, but they're just, you know, across the board, they're just as big and strong and as aggressive. Anyway, and the skill factor was always there and all this sort of stuff. You put a tomato tail on that side and no one craig on that side, you've got to have oh, the same mate. athletes or thing. So anyway, we got out in the field we – the only difference, I think, between the two grand finals were in Newcastle in 97. People were spent by Wednesday and they had to go back to work. Because there was only Newcastle people partying with us. Yeah, because okay. it was such a big party, and Joey promoted that by being a dickhead roller skating and <laughs> carrying
0: on. That <laughs> hey, that's still an iconic fucking oh, photo, yeah, but bro. Is it? No,
1: I've seen still, on so many I was people. E- I
0: was even in uh, Daniel Johns's fucking um, exhibition down in Melbourne, and I even text Joey Johns and went, there. "Him and uh, him and Daniel Johns together when Daniel Johns was young with the fucking you know yeah. the dretties, no, and and and, yeah, <laughs> and then that you know the the hat." You know, they're sitting there together going, uh, that photo was down on the exhibition. I was like, fuck, wow. <laughs> and he skateboarded my- st-
1: Well, when Joey got him and brought him over the ground, he'd come in and- uh, were, they, go-
0: were they big at that Yeah, time, yeah, yeah. So, chair? Yeah, he was about 16,
1: I think. And he yeah. had the big dreadlocks and stuff. And they couldn't get him through the gate because they weren't letting anyone through the gate except the players. Yeah. And Joey was arguing at the front gate to get him through. So when he ended getting through, the, the crowd went off their head, not realizing it was that Daniel John's up putting him through. Sorry. So he's coming as he came to the dungeon bar- I think Mark Lamble chucked a pie at his head. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and then Billy Peden come and rub tomato sauce in. Oh, a bit of pie in the shit, I'll put uh, tomato sauce in. So this Daniel John's sitting there with freaking um,
0: the pie pies and, sauce. and shit.
1: And Big Chief and, and Crowley nudist bears chucking kegs down the middle of the field. Like, and this Daniel John's, and I was about two seconds away from it, and I was like, oh, that he was in there too. I mean, oh, he's Daniel.
0: Isn't, that, and, isn't that mad when you're at your stature and then you see a yeah. young 16-year-old who was a fucking he, silver he, he
1: chair? A gun. So, mate, he, he turned to me, and I still – Words fucking ringing in my ears. He goes, I'm the fucking rock star, not these blokes.
0: <laughs> that's, good, that's the last time I ever spoke to him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I wow. Like, okay. I just walked away. <laughs> man, that, I that tell you.
1: He left about half an hour later because he was shitting himself and Joey went and found him later to do other stuff.
0: Yeah, um, man. That's... But,
1: yeah, so in 2001, the party was joined by everyone else. Like, yeah. Okay. The Newcastle people once again went back to work about, you know, Wednesday and left us yep. alone. By Thursday, Friday, he still had people from Sydney and hangers on, hanging on. But he loved it because we were yeah, part of the party. Yeah. I just never had time for the boys alone. Yeah, yeah, us yeah. time, was just always someone else there. Ah, yeah, someone, um, I remember on about the Tuesday, about the Wednesday in 97, Chief and Maddie said, well, let's get tattoos. So they all went down to the tattoo parlor and they come back, we designer a tattoo. So when they come back from the tattoo parlor to design the tattoos, we're going down one at a time and taking a bit more extra time because blood and Beer doesn't go hurt. All been, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Thin, thin. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so everyone's pissed blood. I almost struggling to get the, the tattoo done. Oh, shit. So when we come back, everyone's got their tattoo. And um, one of the boys just randomly toss out, you know what? This is boring. Let's go have a beer with Manly. So anyway, we're on the bus. We're heading down to Freak. <laughs> We've gone through Catherine Hill Bay. And Big ch- Tiva t- stopped the bus. Stop this Why the fuck we want to drink with them? I thought. <laughs> <laughs> really? So I, I don't know why. He said it. But we were just all that drunk. We were just, yeah, let's go with them. And we're heading off. So let's go to the Cathay Pub. So we went there for about three days. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cathay Pub, and um, the boys go, okay, tattoo show. Everyone show their tattoos. The only two blades that didn't get a tattoo was Matt and, Matt and Bloody Chief. Uh, They're the only oh, two blows really? <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, wow. you not going to get a tattoo. Fuck, a tattoo.
0: that's, oh.
1: Yeah, so, mate, that, that's the only difference that, that um, we had other people like drinking with us because you can't pick the sides apart. The, yeah, no. Some of the highlights of both them years. Which is and, incredible, and it's, and it's and such a score. such a fucking
0: passionate town when it comes to the Newcastle Knights. Yep. And it's, and I mean, it's they're going through a sad stage at the moment. Mm-hmm. And what what do you see as the difference to the team that is now to back then? What what's Why do you think this All this home thing? Grown,
1: mate. All homegrown. No, I, I know, I wasn't born in here, but mum was based at Williamtown Air Force Base, pregnant with me. That'll do me. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah but that, I I get that. I get that where. Yeah, I understand that. And from an outsider looking in, raising the young ones, the the locals to mm-hmm. play for the locals' teams, yep. it's it's it has seemed like over the last three or four years, even when I was living here, that everyone they get is either at the end of their career, mm-hmm. or they just come for a holiday. Yeah, I'm not quite, and that's harsh. And I don't I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to any of them, because you've got some of the fucking greats. Um, Dang our guy, all and pongs and all the rest of them. But yeah, they're, they're they're great so, there's something. You can't some... bag a great athlete.
1: You can't no, no. Great... And but it's not gelling at the moment. At the yeah. start, I think the Knights bought a lot of New South Wales losing players. Yeah. So they weren't gelling as a team in New South Wales colours. Yeah. And they brought them all up here, there were four or five of them, and they just couldn't play as a team. So that's where they yeah, went wrong. So I right? think not so. put the
0: Queensland side in there. Exactly. exactly.
1: Ah. Can't get too many Queenslanders in there. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, a, We've got a couple now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so in doing that. They just, you can't bag the boys because they're trying to no, they're trying hard, they're doing, but someone's just not gelling with them. Right? No. When it does gel, when it kicks off, off and It, it'd be free, and it be would be
0: really good to see. I, I would, honestly, I would love to see the team gel. Yeah. And not just for the players, from Adam O'Brien's point of view too, because when you're a coach, mm. you may be a, a great coach, but something's not happening. I'd love to see it for him, you know, yeah, in, just, in regards to that too. I
1: just don't coach on the field. No, so think, senior players. Do. Exactly. So senior players got to get shit together. Um, I'm never going to be critical of Kalen, but uh, I see that Brimson, he's touching the ball three or four times a set. Um, Munster touches the ball three or four times a set. You know, Kaelin's just touching it once or twice and just yep. doing pretty stuff. Yeah. So just get competitive. You know when he gets his head right? Yeah. Mate, he, he's literally going to be the best player we've ever seen. 100%. There's no one's seen anyone move actually. Probably he's not even
0: – well, he's mature, but he's not mature. Oh, exactly. He's not mature no. into that rugby league mind and going, fuck, boom, that. Mm, mm. He's got great skills, and you see him every now and again when he boom blasts out. But as you say, there'll be a time where he matures and things will click, and then you go, fuck, that's, yeah. that's what we've been waiting for. Well,
1: they've got onto him now. They've got that if they slam his head on the ground, he's going to injure. So the trial match against Pen- uh, Parramatta. That's right, that's the right. Two tackles he got made on him, yep. two head slams. So yeah. they're not stupid. No. They know how to get, get him off the field. So. Yeah.
0: Good luck yeah, all that's right. So if you've seen the Queensland two grand finals with Newcastle. Oh, you've played in two? Three. Two. two. Oh, I played. And, and the
1: Jersey fleet one. Yeah. And a couple of sevens tournaments.
0: <laughs> played for Australia, top of the top of the fucking top of the pile. Two hundred and twenty three games, twelve for Queensland, Queenslanders. <laughs> and Australia in eight. If I was to say Robbie O at present, what what is post post football? What you done in rugby league was amazing, and and people when they look back at the the name on the boards and the belts, the rings, everything else. What would you be your rich life at present? What what really makes Robbio live a live a happy and good life right at present?
1: No, money's always a
0: good thing, isn't it? No, money <laughs> money always
1: helps. No i got some great memories. of the memories out of rugby league, the best memory I ever th- took out other than the kids in the hospital was uh, after the 97 grand final. Obviously playing dad. It was a good one. Yeah. origin mate, geez, I can go back Australian matches. And I think in the World Cup tour, I got played eight tests and got eight tries. So it was going pretty good for Australia too. 100%. And then along come the fucking drug episode and it was all yep. over. Um, but one day I was just sitting out the walls in Touchfields and I was watching. I've had plenty of them. My um, first wife. <laughs> play, play, play a game of touch football, and I heard my name getting called. And I heard my name getting called, I thought it was just a p- bit of a piss take because everyone yep. sort of knew the grandfather's got played and all of stuff. And I was just sitting on the seat and heard the name getting called. I sort of turned around, and it was one point eight metre fence sitting behind me, and didn't sort of really care too much about it. And then I heard my name got called again. I, Who is that? All right, so someone's out a go. Let it go. About four or five times after getting my name called, I stuff this one to go look. So I get a little rock, and I get up on this one point eight colorblind fence look over and there's six kids in there pl- about, you know, eight, nine, t- ten years old playing a game of football and they were being me. So every time they get oh, the ball, Robbie really? gets the ball, steps one, steps two. And <laughs> and as a kid, I was, I was, I was I'd do that, to, I'd, but to actually see someone being you was just the most That's, incredible thing I've ever seen. So I was watching them for about five minutes thinking, I don't want to just tell them I'm here. No. You know, I just want to watch it and see what, what else they do and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, doing dances and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, as it turned out, um one kid went underneath the goalpost. He got up and done the, done the stupid dance, and as he did it, the other kid came to push him and push him over. And he goes, "I told you I was Robbie O at the start." <laughs> and he goes, "No, I said I was Robbie O," and these two were fighting, and oh, yeah. that was me coming. I went, "Hey, how about I be Robbie?" O? And the look on these kids' faces oh. when they turn around and see me there—that was I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, um, I jumped the fence and I played football with them yeah. for about you know half an hour. Obviously, the game of touch was fucking boring. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, played half an hour. The kids. Were, yeah. And the look on those kids' faces yeah. was nothing compared to the look on the mum's face when she went out and seen a fully grown man playing football in the backyard <laughs> with the kids just <laughs> she figured out who I was.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, then about, yeah, so that was the best thing that ever happened about oh, about 10 years later I was at the castle, it was called back then. Yeah. And I was just having a beer and a young, young fella came over and said, can I buy you a beer? And I said, oh, I'm fine, thanks. I'll get you one. He goes, no, I want to get you one. He walked over and gave it to me and he said, oh, you played football in the backyard with me when I was a little kid. So I ended up meeting one of them kids growing up. So wow. That was the most, that was the most Cause, unreal cause thing that's
0: ever happened to me. A couple of times when you've said going out to the crowd, you know, connecting with the crowd, going to the hospital, uh, connecting with the kids that were sick and then seeing that sort of thing that hit you, I see I see that makes you a little bit emotional oh, yeah. in, in regards to, you know, with people, <clears throat> just, again, your heart and your spirit to connect with people to make them feel happy, which makes you feel happy, obviously.
1: Well, I, I can't control my life anymore. It's in the hands of work. It's in the hands of, you know, love, marriage, all that sort of stuff. So on a football field, I could somewhat can control. Yeah. And in life, you don't get a result every weekend. No. So that's what I struggle with most of all. in Life day to day, I just really struggle with not having a result of, on a weekend. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm sick of blaming Try to place blame. So I just turned fifty the other day. Very good looking fifty. I know. You hey, right, wait very well. till November. Yeah. I'm fifty too. a phone call. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So with this uh, turning fifty, I just woke up one day and so, said, "You know, I'm fifty now. Stop blaming every bastard for you know, everything I've done." And I'm, I always used to think, "Why am I getting back? Why?" Because I, I gave so much, but I gave so much because I wanted to. But I, when I retired and I lost everything, and um, I'm thinking why am I getting back So I give so, – and that, I always thought that then. I, and it was the wrong thing to think. I gave so much, why, why don't I get back? Yeah, yeah. And it makes me think that people give to try to get back, or they just give because they're nice people. So I just started going, mate, stop blaming every other boss. I just – I put myself in every single situation in my whole life, you know, whether it be the marriages or whether it be the divorce settlements or whether it be, you know, mate, the value of a man is i have never trying to five punch in my life in an, yeah. in anger. So yeah, um, I watch all these guys you're talking to on your show and I'm thinking, shit, they're all – I can punch drunk. think I get in there, Richard might try to throw one at me. I'll get... <laughs> nah. um, yeah, you know, I tell my son all the time, I said, the value of, of me as a person is that I've never thrown a punch in anger in my life and I've never been that person to get picked on to yeah. have to throw a punch or no one's ever you know, pissed me off enough and thrown a punch at me. So, and then my son's answer, oh, I seen you throw punch on the football field, Dad. I said, that's not life, mate. that's, that's why have...
0: everyone held the bloke and yeah, I just, exactly. made... <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> went back <laughs> and held for leather.
1: Right in uh, about 90s, nine, when Joey got clipped by um, – the, the Goddard. Yeah. Goddard hit, yeah. Joey. So I come around the back of the scrum and I'm looking for someone just to punch. And as I come around, because I had a fight with Tim Brasher in the first one. Yeah, and been 95 and he smacked me. <laughs> so as I come around, i just walked up and went, Chief. I grabbed him and looked down and goes, don't be stupid, son. <laughs> and I got a little bit cranky because he called me son. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'll fucking hit you, Chief. He goes, no, you won't. And then push him me out and I'm going... I would have,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking it.
1: I was thinking it. No freaking way I'd hit him. <laughs> oh mate, far. I think the next tap I ran through the line and try to knock his head off, and he give me the big point. And I lived across the road from him. Yeah, his, <laughs> his wife might have come back smile, just to my wife just. Um, yeah. So, I, I, mate, just, I'd like to just say that the way of my life's—I've just grown into something that um, I just got to understand and respect the fact that I'm—I can't have same control over yep. what I used to have. Yeah. Um and there ain't going to be a result every freaking day or every weekend. Yeah, I'm got to learn to live with that and make the best of life as well I can. I want mean, my kids as superstars in sport, and me plus one out there is a superstar with a voice, and my wife's a great at what she does in yeah. work and and a great person. So, uh, my life just revolves around them, yeah. and if they uh they they keep me happy, bring you I, uh, I bring you to mate. that rich life, man. Oh yeah, baby, man,
0: yeah, love it, mate. It's been a Queensland fucking hard nut, and I love Queensland. I love your story, and I just yeah. I'm honoured to get you on the Rich Life Project. So I want to thank you for your time, brother. Yes, it's man. been uh, man, it's been a fucking good chat.
1: Well, we've been friends for a long time. I know. 100%. Never sat down. you might not invite me for a beer now and get the rest of the stories. I never Well, the origin ones better. offline.
0: Yeah, the no. origin ones are about <laughs> it. Nah, appreciate your time, champion. Been yes, on man. the L show.